Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, and my co-host, per usual, well, <laughs> he's not here. So I uh, actually got Thomas again in the flesh at my house on his way back home. So how you doing today, Thomas? Good. Thanks for having me again, Jordan. Oh, yeah. This is the, what we're going to call this, the red-eye episode. It's a yeah. <laughs> late yeah. night. Got back after a long drive back from Minnesota, so oh yeah, had to hop on and chat real quick though awesome yeah man you definitely had a lot going on this summer so yeah it's been a whirlwind of a summer but uh there was never a boring day this summer is what i've told a couple of my friends so awesome yeah awesome well before we get into the nitty-gritty there uh go ahead and let people know who you are um your social all that kind of stuff and yeah i'm thomas um i'm a college did student. I, <laughs> did i say virginia outdoors unlimited did you i, I can't remember Oh, uh, well, anyway, yeah, I ran the YouTube channel Virginia Outdoors Unlimited for a couple of years, but <laughs> I changed it um, just recently because I've been uh, traveling outside of Virginia a lot every year, and then also I want to do more hunts with my dad since I'm graduating college this year, so, but yeah, I'm, uh, I still live in Virginia, do a lot of hunting in the Atlantic Flyway, and uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and, and, and by... I- and by run, you said you run the channel Virginia Outdoors Unlimited. <laughs> You're also the creator of the channel Virginia Outdoors Unlimited. I guess, yeah. Unlimited. So just to clarify that. But yeah, definitely, definitely check them out over there. Some awesome content. And did you say the new name? It's Hoke Outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I hope I said that. I think I did. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, people know it now. So, yep. so uh But yeah, I changed my Instagram too. So that and Facebook. Now hook outdoors. I'm going to change this to my name eventually, but awesome. Sounds good. So yeah, um, last time we're on, we're talking about kind of some of your summer plans and you got up in Minnesota and you're working with, uh, Corey from DRC calls and yeah. Yep. I saw an internship opportunity on Facebook and I applied and it's been a really fun summer. I learned how to make duck and goose calls. Like I guess that was kind of the main gig, but um, there was always something new to learn every day. I did a lot of online marketing stuff, so that was a lot of fun. And then just hung out, did oh, yeah. some fishing. That was a lot of fun. I'd never caught a walleye before, and so they had to uh, indoctrinate me into the walleye fishing. Did you eat them at least? Yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we had a couple fish fries. They were really good. I had hot dish for the first time. I didn't even know that was a thing until I went off there. Is that a thing here? No, I think we call them casseroles here. So Yeah, I mean... They had like some crazy ones though. Like what? Like tater tots? Tater tot casserole? Yeah, I guess y'all call them casserole. Yeah, we, we call it casserole. That's dude, that was like that's one of my childhood favorites. Let's see if it matches up with yours. But it's just tater tots, hamburger, uh, and like just gobs of Velveeta cheese. Yeah, I mean that was basically <laughs> it. And then they put some greens in it too. Okay. So. Yeah, I've seen that too. But yeah, that one and then there was like a chicken one that... Is it chick- chicken tetzerzini? probably okay i'm guessing they're all the same but yeah just different name but did it have uh like ritz cracker and like shredded chicken and again Velveeta cheese yeah <laughs> and noodles uh, no i don't think noodles. no noodles mm. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess they made noodles. I just don't ever think of that, like, as a hot dish. Like, it's just noodles. <laughs> like, I mean, but it has, like, uh, like the same noodles you use in, like, beef and noodles in the chicken tetrazzini. Oh, no. Not no. that one. Hmm. What was it? Just, like, spaghetti noodles? Or? No. Oh, you said there was no noodles in no it. No noodles. Like, we had, yeah. So, what was in the chicken one? It was just, like, chicken and sauce. Like, and, but, cheese sauce or what? Yeah, basically. Huh. No Ritz crackers? No, nothing. I don't know. Huh. Maybe okay. different from your childhood one. Yeah. But yeah, that that was basically like just learning learning how to do stuff in the waterfowl industry and especially from like a small business perspective. I mean, it was uh Corey's the sole so owner of sole owner of DRC, so he does everything in house and it was cool to watch a call come together from, you know, kind of conception. That was the I guess the ending part of our summer we released a new call called the Squeaker Tweaker. Um, <laughs> it's a lesser call, so it was cool to literally watch him design that thing, do promotion for it, and then l- launched it on the website. And the first first fifty uh, sold like as soon as we released them, crashed the website a couple times. So that was interesting awesome. to be on the back end of that. Yeah, it seems like uh you know Minnesota is like uh I think we talked about this last time too. It's just a a huge kind of heritage of waterfowl kind of state yeah and absolutely. they have like a, a crazy like subculture that's like we have like duck hunting in the u.s and then there's like duck hunting and goose hunting i mean even goose hunting maybe even more yep but like yeah minnesota is just that's what i think of when i think of minnesota and mm-hmm. there's so many people from the industry who have came out of minnesota it's actually insane yeah like game fair i guess was also a pretty eye-opening thing like <laughs> I don't know. We have hunting shows back in Virginia, but nothing like that. So mm-hmm. I was there the last couple of days, and it's been it was pretty crazy. The amount of different everything waterfowl related there was there. I mean, like ten of everything, ten boat makers, ten decoy makers, a bunch of call makers. So yeah, crazy to see all those companies together in one place. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's crazy. So that's yeah, game fair is definitely a fun place, and you see a lot of uh, different people from the industry too. So it's kind of yeah cool to see i mean a lot of a lot of time most of the time we see these people just uh on social media so getting out to an event like that and you mm-hmm. rub el- elbows with a lot of people kind of doing the same the same stuff and you know uh getting to meet a lot of cool company owners and all that kind of stuff and for sure absolutely awesome well let's get a quick word from our partners and we'll continue on with the podcast sounds good so first off I'd like to give a big thanks out to on x guys if you haven't checked out on x it is the best way to gain more hunting access. And that's something that we all struggle with, um, dealing with the pressure and finding birds that other people aren't aren't on already. So uh, check out Onyx. Uh, my main use for on private land is you can click, click on the property, get the property owner's um, tax information. You know exactly where they're going to live. You can knock on the door, ask for permission. You get a yes or a no. Um, you know, you're out there. In North Dakota, they just actually released a new layer for North Dakota where it shows the electronic posted, which is, uh, you know, huge for, for out there in North Dakota. So um, they're always updating, doing stuff like that. Guys, if people around you are using Onyx and you're not, you're 100% at a disadvantage. So check it out. Also, I'd like to give a big thanks to Motion Ducks. Thomas, you're a Motion Ducks guy as well. Why don't you take this one? All right. Yeah, I mean, it creates the the most water motion on the market that I've seen for many 
sort of setup of that size. I mean, it's easy. You attach seven decoys to the ultimate spreader, throw it folded on, throw it over your shoulder. And I leave the same seven decoys on it all season long. I mean, it's just so convenient compared to having to take decoys on and off a jerk rig. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, guys, check them out at motionducks.com. It's a jerk rig on steroids. Uh, use code DuckGun, or maybe it's DuckGun10. One of the two. Just try them both. <laughs> One of them is going to work. I don't have my papers in front of me because we're uh, not recording in the normal spot um, tonight. But check them out, guys. MotionDucks.com. All righty. Um, also like to give a big thanks out to Bandit Avery and Greenhead Gear. Guys, season is rolling in. We got a mere weeks till we're going to be hitting the dove, hitting the till, early goose. Around the country is going to be starting to open up, opening up, and not long after that, we'll be into the ducks. So now is the time. It's we're running out of time. So make sure you get, you check your list of all the things you need for season. Bandit is the one stop shop for waterfowl hunters. You can get waders, decoys, all the camo you need, dog supplies. Check them out, banded.com. You won't be disappointed. Also, like to give a big thanks to. Oh, dang it, Thomas. Now I'm the one that's going to screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, editing's easy. <laughs> Onyx, Motion Jacks, GHG. Oh, freaking, <laughs> I forgot my own one. All right. Also, like to give a big thanks to um, ourselves, the freelance hunt, <laughs> freelance hunt stats. Guys, we're going to be doing our giveaway this week. This podcast is coming out on Monday. We're actually recording it right now on Saturday, but it's coming out on Monday. So um, we're going to be doing the hunt giveaway. With me and Elliot out there in Kansas, the hunt giveaway. If you're part of Patreon at all, then you get in the drawing for the hunt. That's going to be live on Freelance Duck Hunting YouTube channel this week on Wednesday at, I think it's 7 Central. Yeah, 7 Central. So definitely jump over there. Also, we got the combined deal right now with Freelance Hunt Stats and Patreon. If you jump in the $3 tier, you get a membership over there at Freelance Hunt Stats. You can track all your data from the season. You can see the leaderboards and compete with your buddies and everybody else on Freelance Hunt Stats. It's an awesome, awesome setup. So check it out, guys. Freelance Freelance Hunt Stats. Um, It's on the web right now, but the app is coming soon, so... Stay tuned for that. And the Patreon is Patreon slash Freelance Duck Hunting. Alrighty. Let's go ahead and get back to talking about hunting and all that. So Yeah. So I got to check out the bus and uh and oh the snake swamp as well. Well, we got to watch some drone footage from that. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah, let's let's give us some updates on that. So Man, the bus is bus is coming along. What what were your impressions of kind of? I mean, you came through what the it was in June or something like yeah, that, or? right? At the beginning of June. Yep. So, I probably didn't make as much progress as I was hoping, but I still got a good amount. Kind of, what was your your impressions of it? Looking in there, I mean, it looks good. I mean, you're getting getting the foundation built, so I think that's the hardest part, especially with a project like this where you're trying to weather steal it and everything. So, mm-hmm. but. I mean, it'll definitely be huntable, it looks like. Oh, yeah. Man, I got all kinds of stuff. I just I went on like a buying spree to kind of buy the, the last products that I need to kind of get it for season. I got two of the narrow twin beds. And those I was telling you earlier, they're, they're just a little bit narrow than regular twins. They're like 30 inches wide instead of like 42, I think. Mm-hmm. Or maybe something like that. That seems a little bit more narrow. But um, either way, they're 30 inches wide by 72, 75 inches long. So perfect, you know, perfect size for normal people. That's a that'd probably put you pretty close to 
going over the edge of the mattress though right uh, yeah i think that would cover i'd be good but yeah what's that cool. seven three i can't remember yeah, yeah. seven or six three wow seven yeah. three six three six three Add an extra foot in there. Um, but, yeah, I got the mattresses coming for that. I got a bunch of memory foam coming so I can cut it up. And then um, fabric. I got a fabric guy who's going to sew it all up. He actually is the same guy who uh, sews all the stuff for HDR Innovations, like the A-frames and the quack packs and all those. So um, definitely going to be definitely gonna be cool. <laughs> Should be some solid work. Oh, yeah. Getting it out of that heavy-duty stuff. Um, got like, I got the rechargeable battery coming battery bank. Oh yeah. It's like 500 plus Watts. So they say online anyway, it can charge like a, a laptop for like 70 hours. So wow. yeah, should, that's huge. This should cover the editing. Yeah. That's <laughs> huge for the video side of things. I mean, oh yeah. Yeah. I'll be perfect. If whoever I am going on these trips with, if they can drive back and I can jump to the table and just edit, man, if you can edit on like a four hour trip man, you can get almost start your video done before you get home. So yeah, that's pretty big. Yeah. That was the one thing we really missed on North Dakota was with just camping. A yeah. lot of, uh, running to the, the local library to go recharge the laptop and hang out with some old people. I needed to <laughs> drop footage and stuff. What about, I mean, they didn't have, uh, any like Starbucks or anything like that. I feel like that's a, a way better place than no, not not where we are. I mean, I guess yeah. You're out in the the boonies. I was thinking in college, man. I used to go to like Perkins at like late night because they're open twenty four seven. Okay, I'd take my laptop over there. Yeah, it was a great place for for <laughs> studying. Would you bring your laptop and all that kind of stuff too? So yeah, similar. Yeah, yeah. We probably could have gone to like a uh, truck stop too, but mm-hmm. yeah. I haven't been to a lot of truck stops, so I'm not sure all they got there. But <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's ones that at least have electricity. But I mean, the library's free. The only thing was it's not open at, like all hours of the day. So yeah, you're doing a lot of work mm-hmm. at night too. So yeah, power bank. That's the definitely the way the way to go. Oh yeah. So I got that power bank. I'm trying to think, man. I've I've seriously dropped a lot of cash on this bus in the last week. I'm um, getting a spray foam this week, and then uh, you saw the back deck, so that back deck went on there. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, Hunter was able to help me weld it up, and by help me weld it up, I watched him weld it. Like, I didn't, <laughs> he didn't help me weld it up. Um, I helped him weld it up, I should say. So I did some of the grinding and cutting, and he did all the, the heavy lifting with the welder. It's pretty cool. I really want to learn how to weld after, I mean, I always have, but after seeing that especially, I'm like, man, all these projects I do, it's yeah. like, that'd be, be huge. Yeah, it'd be huge. And I want to, I want, I want to learn to, Weld aluminum as well, which I've heard is harder, but yeah, I mean, that'd be perfect for like building blinds on the snake swamp. I mean, that's the, that'd be the way to go. Just build a light aluminum frame on a yep. floating platform. Yep. That's a, it'd be a lot lighter than wood and it'd last a lot longer too. Yep. So who knows, but the bus is coming along. We're getting there. We just, uh, you know, time is running out. Pretty much. I have to have everything huntable really by like like September like 22nd or something like that cuz that's when the chase and the opener tour starts yep a couple of days before that and then I can get loaded up and get out of there and I'm getting close I would like to have it hunt- huntable by like this early September season um but let's be real it's just not I don't think it's going to happen at this point so yeah this yeah so unfortunate but I've been I just been doing too much to to really uh <laughs> I spread myself thin, I'll say. If yeah. I was just doing the bus build or just doing the snake swamp or just doing the boat builds, but it's like I'm like a, I feel like I'm a, if I had like a completion bar, you know, like mm-hmm. drawn up, I'd be at like 70% on all of them. It's like 
you know, I just, and I'm running out, you know, it's like our, our off season completion bar is at like 90%. So yeah. as long as, I mean, you get them huntable, that's what matters. So, yep. and yep. it looks like all of them are at least there. <laughs> yeah. Just not, uh, to the highest level that yeah, you to were the, hoping. To like my mental picture, I just didn't get there. But yeah, man, it's yeah. Um, Elliot's probably going to tell you he was right about that. <laughs> Can we? I, I told you I didn't want to have to edit anything <laughs> out. You got to say something <laughs> like that. <laughs> so now he's going to. Yeah, I'll hear about it for sure. Ugh. But yeah, no, it's going good on that bus. So I'm I'm super 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 pumped to get it out there. On what are you most excited about the duck torpedo, the bus, or the snake swamp at this point? <laughs> If you had to just hunt one the rest of the season, you could only use one of them or go to one of them. Use use one of them. Do <laughs> probably probably the snake swamp. Honestly, I gotcha. Yeah, I think I'd be in the same boat. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. hard to beat a new spot. Yeah, and like the I'm honestly I'm just I'm in love with like the series I've I've done with it too. So yeah. like <laughs> I just think I think it's awesome. Which it's always fun when you do like creative work and. Because sometimes, like if if we get to like a part of the season and you're just like grinding it out, like video after video, video, sometimes it almost feels like you lose that like sense of like creativity or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just like you're going through the motions, you film hunts, and you get them out, and you're just going through the grind. You've done so many through the season, but like doing the Snake Swamp series is like legitimately like super enjoyable mm-hmm. because it's like I'm excited to edit them when I get back. I jump on. I want to see the drone footage and. I'm excited to like if I get like an idea of how I was gonna do it. like the last one, the blind build video. I don't know if you saw it or not, but Yep. Um like I just had an idea of how I was gonna edit it and do the voiceover and all that. I was just excited about it. So yeah, that's probably why, but I think again, like that's it's almost an impossible question because I mean yeah. Obviously you're gonna use them all. I just was <laughs> yeah. trying to gauge how excited you were about or which one if you had to pick one. Yeah. I think I mean that bus is gonna be so much fun to go like go places and just be able to camp so mm-hmm. easy. And in all weather too, because you know, I'm gonna have a wood stove in there and it by the time it gets cold, hopefully. <laughs> um and, and stuff like that. If you can just go there and camp and then you know, you drop your boat in the water, you you hunt all day, you come back, you have a, a great place to clean the birds. You know, eat them, eat them there, sleep in the bus, and, and get get right back after it the next day. Or, or if you're just at one day, you can drive back home. So it's like, yeah. it's just I think it's going to open up a lot of opportunities for me because like um, some of these, I mean, Indiana doesn't. Uh, when I say that, I feel like some people give me crap about it, but like, um, I mean, right now, if you look at like the rankings on uh, <laughs> online, Indiana is like 14th out of 14th for for ducks killed and for number of duck hunters in the Mississippi flyway. So, um, that's on that real, the real true website. I don't, I don't even know where they grab the data from, but yeah. fish and wildlife or whatever. I know they're estimated numbers, but all I'm trying to say is like, like I love Indiana. We get after it. Like I'm going to hunt the snake swamp like crazy and put a lot of work in there to kill as many ducks as I can. Um, but it's like, sometimes we don't have birds, man. If, if I can get somewhere that's four hours away, um, I have like way better opportunities. So I don't even have to go that far, but if I'm just using that for an example, if I want to go somewhere that's four hours away and I come home from work on Friday, you know, weekend warrior style. Yep. Um, then I can jump, uh, I can jump in the bus right after work, get to the spot, sleep right there, get up early still. And like, still have like good rest. Whereas like if before, if I wanted to try to do it, it's like, I'd get home from work and I'd have to like try to go to bed and you're way off your schedule. So maybe you go to bed by like 10 o'clock, which is early for me. 
and then you sleep till one in the morning. So it's like you got three hours of sleep. You drive out there. You drive back the next day, man. It's just brutal. So, yeah. um, you know, I don't have to worry about finding a hotel and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to open up some opportunities and open up some doors and be able to do some really cool things this season. Um, so I don't want to down, but I'm super excited about the bus too. I think at the end of the year, it'll be a better question to be like, Hey, which one of these was more valuable to your season at the end of the year? So, yeah, agreed. I'm interested to see the, uh, people posting pictures of you with the bus and the, <laughs> cause you're going to be, it's like not going to be easy to miss you. Yeah. It's not going to be a secret. That's for sure. <laughs> so, um, but you yeah, see Jordan driving down the highway. You got to <laughs> post in the fellowship of the duck guns. Have you ever had anybody that, like came up to you on the highway, no, dude. I had I had uh, last year on one of my Michigan trips. I'm driving up there, and driving driving the truck. I don't even think I had a boat, but maybe I did. I might have had a boat with me, but either way, some like uh some kid like rolls up right next to me, and like he's just like he's just like smiling ear to ear, like just looking at me, and he starts doing like the hang loose thing. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, and he, you don't know if he's just doing that because you're a duck hunter. If, if he was like, Oh, that's duck and Chronicles. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Either way. It was just, no, I've never had that one happen to me, but it was a little nuts. Yeah. Was it like right before opener? It, I think it might've been, I don't, I can't remember. I just remember kind of being like a little weirded out, but <laughs> going down the highway and those kids doing that. But He's probably just fired up for opener. <laughs> Could be, yeah. <laughs> or maybe. Who knows? You never know. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Small small world when we get get together with all the duck hunters, that's for sure. Yeah. It was um, yeah. To see you know, meet people face to face is always cool. Like that was probably the the coolest part of game game fair, putting, you know, a face to the name. You have a lot of people put your face to a name too, or no? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. You just need to tweet out, man, or tweet out. None of us use Twitter. Tweeter. <laughs> tweet out. Uh, Instagram. Story it. No, yeah. I did one day, but yeah. I wish I'd been able to stay there for longer. I mean, it's a cool event. I, I mean, just to be able to uh, to be like that immersed in waterfowl at one time yeah. is kind of, I don't know, it's almost surreal. Yeah. No, if you had never been to one before. Yeah. It's, it really is like, I think it's like, it's got to be one of the biggest events for waterfowl hunting. Yeah. I mean, I know for us when we do shows for HCR, um, that was our best show by far. So mm-hmm. it's definitely solid. Um, like you said, just tons of people all around. Everybody's duck hunter. Lots of, lots of young kids walking around too. fun to talk to about their hunting, yeah, hunting style and all that. That's different in Minnesota. So, yeah, but let's talk about why, why you missed that first, that first, uh, weekend of game fair, right? So you're out in North Dakota Yep. I'm super I'm super duper jealous of your trip out there because North Dakota's on my bucket list. For those of you that don't know, um Matt forced us all to change our hunting spot this year from North Dakota to Nebraska. To Nebraska. Which so, Jordan's very upset about. Yeah. And I, wait, I need to do a self plug. I know this is my own podcast. But guys, I'm racing Matt to amazing I'm racing Matt to twenty K. If you guys haven't already Go to Duck and Chronicles, subscribe, help me beat Matt because he's a jerk. Would you agree, Thomas? Oh, yeah, I mean, 100%. <laughs> no, Matt's, 
That's a good guy. Yeah, he's a good it's, guy. It's fun just don't to watch from the outside. I'm glad I'm not participating. Just don't subscribe to. <laughs> Wait, I shouldn't say that. that's a little too far, but just <laughs> just subscribe to me. There is people. I saw someone comment on Josh's video that they're not subscribing to me because they want me to lose the 20k challenge because I have more hair on my chest. I think you guys need to get uh, like a, a logo in your chest. Like, just don't do the whole thing. It should be something funny. Like, yeah. Well, dude, that's going to be painful. I mean, at least it would literally be less surface area. Yeah. If, is it going to be the whole chest? Have, no, Is no, it no, even no. stipulated? I had, we've talked about it a few times, and I don't. now now it's the point that if I don't get some subscribers fast, he's going to strong arm me and just make it whatever he wants. Because <laughs> at this point, um, I'm like down 600. So Yeah. Yeah. So, not to derail you. Subscribe to Duncan Chronicles. Help me win the 20K race. 20K yep. race. So now, back to North Dakota. So you went out there. Yeah, I mean, just being so close, like how can you turn down going goose hunting in August? Are you going to be there again next year? I'd like to. I yep. mean, honestly, yeah. It's the only maybe, place to goose hunt in North America in August. Well, maybe with a like a school bus or something. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's fun. I, yeah. The only thing that the only thing that wasn't fun about it was the heat. I mean, hunting geese in ninety five degree weather isn't isn't my favorite. But so like, if I mean, you would have gone this Virginia, week, though, what do you say? If you would have gone this week, you're saying today it was seventy five. Yeah. So if that's like a normal, is that- I think so. I think it was just abnormally hot. But I don't know. I mean, they're they're in a drought, so it was, it was definitely different than the typical landscape. Even so, yeah. As long as, I mean, even if they're still in a drought, but it'd be really cool to go out there when. When they got some water, yeah, yeah. Let's just let's just take us through the whole your whole kind of trip there. So, um, you know, you drove out there, started scouting early. Yeah, so I s- scouted some the week before. Um, the way I had decided to take it on is I just um, marked a bunch of water on Onyx, like areas that had a lot of waters that I figured would you know still have um, populations of nesting birds because there's no not gonna be any migrators that time of year they do get migrators pretty early out there with the molt migrators but Mm. not quite that early um so yeah just trying to target some resident birds and dropping pins on water and then just trying to find roosts and working out from there so um yeah you know found a couple i scouted i think four four days in total so i went out there one day early and then got out there well i guess three days in total got out there two days before season and uh, found some birds in wheat fields, and out there you can hunt on posted land. So, um, you know, either try and get in contact with the farmer because really you can't, you're not legally allowed to drive on a field unless you get in contact with a farmer. So that's the, the way that's to the go. That's the downside. You have to walk in if you don't get, yeah. yeah, if you don't get permission. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I read at least. I, it was hard to gauge that one. I probably should have called the game warden, but mm. um, that's good to did know. Did some research yeah. on it. You probably see other people driving a field just assume you can. or I mean, anywhere you have permission, I guess, you know, around here, at least we ask the farmer. Um, and usually they don't care unless you're putting ruts. So it, it, you definitely weren't putting any ruts this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So would you say you're scouting? I, I mean, because that's, that's quite a bit of scouting. You know, always good to scout as much as you can. But um, did your scouting actually help, or was it just the birds that you found, like, after that that you ended up hunting anyway? Well, um, yeah, the scouting definitely helped. I mean, just to kind of try and narrow that area down, you know, I kind of, the first day I went super wide because, I mean, you would think, you know, from what you see from North Dakota, it's just kind of one type of habitat, but the eastern half is like a river valley and then the middle of it and the western half is more prairie. So 
I kind of tried to check out both areas the first day. And then um, from that point on, you know, the, the next time I went out there, I kind of honed in on one area. So did you uh, track how many miles you drove for scouting? Or No, I made the mistake of like checking my bank account mid, uh, <laughs> mid-trip. So that was... That was a little bit uh, eye-opening. I guess when you're just filling up your truck like that, you almost mm. don't notice. But yeah, quite a few, quite a few miles on the truck, unfortunately. But that's just, part of the game. Just think if you would have gone last year, man, it'd have been like a third of the cost, probably. <laughs> so, yeah, I was talking to um, my uh, arch nemesis Matt um, about till season, mm-hmm. and I was—I mean, legitimately—he's he's like pumping it up so much. I'm like, maybe I should come out there. And then I calculated the miles out there. And how much it cost. I'm like, it's $400 to drive out there. I'm like, yeah, there's no way I'm going to take a day off work and spend $400 on gas. It's like your other expenses. Plus, yeah, that was for a weekend trip. That would have been a little rough. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I can feel your pain on that. I obviously I didn't go through with it, though. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just the name of the game, I guess, hunting, them, hunting geese. I mean, yeah. that's why I'm more of a duck person at heart. I mean, it's... It's just a different game with, That's, with ducks. Like I'd rather go tackle an area with a ton of small wetlands and mm-hmm. scout it on foot or by kayak rather than just pound the roads like that personally. Or, but or mud motor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean that is yeah. That's the that's the game for field hunting for especially. So yeah, putting miles miles on the windshield and, and time glassing and all that. And I mean it's like you said, you got to go wide and and try to find them. So yeah, after that you got you got your birds found and. Um, you had, didn't you have a, you had a buddy come with you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mikey, he, um, we worked together in Texas, so that's how I know him. And I knew he actually just got a trailer recently. So he'd been itching to tackle some or, you know, try out a new area and hunt some new birds. So you, you get any crap on the YouTube comments about going on a guided hunt? <laughs> no, none quite yet. I don't think he calls quite well enough for anybody to think he was a guide. He he called pretty good. No, I'm, yeah. I'm just giving him, oh, give okay. him crap. Uh, I miss, yeah, he I was, missed your troll he, there. He's uh, he puts me to shame. That's for sure. So it's, I mean, yeah. The first time it I went to call, it makes things easy when you're just sitting there and <laughs> the other, you know, you're not even having to blow a call, especially for those early season geese. I mean, when you watch them out in the fields, they're not talking at all. So mm-hmm. one guy calling can kind of cover it all. Yeah, I think more often than not, if you're calling too much, you're going to blow that, those <laughs> early season birds out of the hole. I heard uh, the first time I heard him call. I was like, dang, Thomas got good over the summer. I That's thought- exactly what the other intern this summer said. He, as soon as he watched that, he was like, dang, when I turned on the video, I thought you had uh, really stepped up your game. And then I heard you chime in. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, he's just average. Yeah. Yeah, no. I'm no uh, no championship goose caller by any stretch of the imagination. I, I'm not either. That's one thing that I always keep thinking to myself that I want to work on. Because like duck calling, it just seems like it comes a lot easier. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you get good at duck calling just by calling out when you hunt. If you hunt a lot, you're yeah. going to be a good duck caller. Unless you hunt with people a lot mm-hmm. that duck call and you just never pick up your call. But I hunt like where I'm like the guy running the hunt or by myself yep. all the time. So, I'm a good I'm a good duck caller, but I'm with goose hunting, I just I just have enough to get away with. I can honk and and you know, just just minor stuff to to work them in. But if they don't want to come in, I ain't I ain't changing their mind. So yeah, no, that was the cool thing. To I mean, the coolest part of the internship for me was just getting to pick the brain of someone. Or I shouldn't say it that way, but to learn from someone who you know has goose called at the highest level. So mm-hmm. like I, I I feel like I improved a lot compared to 
compared to before the off season, but I definitely have a long way to go. It's it's funny you really when you've been practicing all summer long. Like, I think the best way to do it is just take an hour out of your day every day, and that's what I did. And um, but then when you're when you're just calling by yourself for that long, you're like, dang, I really got good. And then someone else <laughs> who you know has been calling for way longer, is way more experienced than you are, should start tripping. I was like, Ugh. I was gonna say, so like, I got bef- a long way to go. Before that, could you like? I mean, was your goose calling bad? You'd say before that. Yeah, I mean, all I honestly, and I'd watch some videos on YouTube. It was like I could honk, and that's about it. I would just honk. I'd either honk slow if they were far <laughs> out and coming in, and if they tried to shortstop me, I would blow a really fast mm-hmm. series of honks. That yeah. was about the range of my goose yep. calling. So, yeah, I did learn a few notes. Corey's got um, actually chopped it up and posted on youtube on his youtube channel drc calls so you can check out full calling tutorial it's like nine short videos now and i think it's a pretty good way to just build build from the basics all the way up nice yeah i'll check that out i i keep saying that like every year i keep saying i need to like start in like july or something and do like 30 days straight or something or maybe august and like do like a 30 day challenge where i like record myself every day Absolutely. Recording yourself was, I think, is a huge part of it. Yeah, because you can't, you can't, you can't do it. And then too, you can see the improvement. So, mm-hmm. so I think doing like a thirty day challenge. Maybe I'll do that next year. So, you know, thirty day challenge. Call do, and it doesn't even have to be an hour. But like, you know, because most people don't have an hour out of their day to give. But anything you can give. I mean, if it's like ten, fifteen minutes, that's way better than like picking it up on August 31st when your first time is like September 1st. And yeah. And then you're like, Oh, well it's late and I'm going to wake people up or yeah. just put in your bag and hope, hope for the best when that first flock comes in. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely a few strategies to doing it. But yeah. yeah. I mean, I just blew it 30 minutes in the car, driving to work 30 minutes in the car, driving yeah. to where we were staying. So, and I mean, obviously your hands are a big part of it, but once you get the basics established on that, I mean, I think you can really practice like 90% of the calling stuff from my, in my opinion, just with just blowing air. Mm-hmm. I mean, not manipulating your hands at all. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Definitely, definitely a good idea doing it in the car like that. Um, here's the kind of question I, I kind of just sprung into my mind. So <laughs> are there, uh, people that run goose flutes in Minnesota? Is that a thing over there? I, I mean, I, I think it's still around, but I mean, Minnesota's kind of right the epicenter of the um, calling world. Well, of especially the uh, switch over to the short read. I mean, so many of the guys were either from Illinois or Minnesota who are mm. kind of in that in that game now. So, yeah, gotcha. I think I think that's where you see a lot of them. Like out on where I'm from in Virginia and the Eastern Shore of Maryland, the flute's still pretty big. But really, see, that's in Michigan. It's like it's just. Like you go out and hunt, and I mean, you can hear anybody anytime anyone blows a goose flute mm-hmm. across the marsh. You're like, oh, that's a goose flute. It just sounds different. Yeah, but uh, I will say that I think they work. Yeah, <laughs> I don't th- they sound a little goofy. I will say that they sound a little goofy, but they work. I mean, there's so many times hunting with Swampman because he still uses goose flute, and every time he uses it, we get comments on the video. Really? But yeah, but I mean, I seen him turn birds with. It. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. So no, I think they're they're still very solid calls. Um, my dad used to have one, like on some of the first waterfowl hunts I ever went on, we used to go on like basically one goose hunt a year and he would have this giant flute and he would, they would tell him to blow when the birds were like a mile out on the flight line. Cause we were a little bit off at hunting fields. And then, you know, every now and again, they break some and then when they got close, they told him basically just you know, put that thing down. <laughs> I don't think it makes a difference on how far out they are, but were yeah. you saying that they're telling him he's bad at calling or no, just that like, it's more of a long range call. I think just, I guess, 
get a little bit more volume off of it, which I don't know if that technically that was just the way they did it. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if that. Yeah. I can know, see exactly like right. the logic. They're like, it's a flute. It's longer. So <laughs> yeah, but well, I don't, I really don't think the sound travels any further from it, but I, I don't know. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. I mean, when you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's just funny. I love, I love stuff like that. Kind of one off weird, weird things. And like a goose flute is just like, uh, almost this point, it's like a historic thing. You hear a lot of people's like dads use them or whatever. Yeah. And same thing. Swamp man's dad used one mm-hmm. and he got that from one of his buddies and, or maybe it was one of his uncles. I can't remember. So it's been passed down. He just kept using it. And like, it sounds goofy, but I, I kid you not. I've seen him turn just as many birds with that as any other call ever. So yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting because it doesn't sound to me. It doesn't sound as good as a, um, a normal air quotes, normal, uh, goose call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think just the proof is in the pudding. I mean, they've killed birds for a long time and they're still doing it. So, yep. I mean, if you go listen to geese, you know, when scouting, there's always some that sound a little off. The same as a hen mallard. There's always, you hear that one, a few <laughs> hen mallards, and you're like, dang, that sounds really bad. But, you know, you know, you know it's not someone who who's calling over there. Sometimes oh, yeah. it is, you know, if you're on public <laughs> land. But Yeah. Well, we better jump back to the, the we, we got, man, we got on some crazy rabbit trails <laughs> there. But we're like, we're, we're the beginning of your hunt, right? So, yeah. Is that where we left off? Yeah. So, we got, talked to farmer, got everything lined up. And, uh, there was some other local guys I had kind of talked to. So it was like just us two in this main area with, uh, two lakes, two pockets of birds. So we worked out, you know, been talked a little bit and they were going to hunt this one field and we were going to take the other and try and bounce birds between the two. So that was, uh, that was the plan and it pretty much worked out. I mean, we didn't have anybody else come in on us. They got the field they wanted and, uh, both got into got in some birds so but it your, was, it your was, field ended up being the better one right i think so i think because it seemed like we were the when i'd been scouting it before there was a bigger lake and a smaller lake and uh the birds off the bigger lake would kind of split up and then the birds off the smaller lake were all going to this one field and i think what happened the the morning that we hunted which typical for those early season geese switching fields like that all the birds from the big lake came straight to us instead of splitting up so <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of crazy for the first 30 minutes. It was kind of reminiscent of the Flyways Collective Goose Hunt. Like, there really? was no time to catch your breath for the first 30 minutes. It That's was crazy. shoot, pick up birds, and here comes another flock. So so was it like, uh, would you say it's, you know, opening day for duck hunting and all that? Like, it's it's almost like uh, there's like an adrenaline rush first thing in the morning. You're super pumped and all yeah. that. Same way with, with early season goose. Yeah, you can, I, it's really interesting because i think you can see it in the hunts every time because or every season because the start of season i'm dumping three <laughs> shells as quickly as possible and i did that and like the birds were in so tight i should have been taking my time you know, take a two or three second pause between every bird i mean you got plenty of time and instead it's just boom 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 so and then as the season goes on you can kind of watch that slow down yeah yeah you're definitely right you think after years and years of hunting that it'd go away but it doesn't seem no, to no <laughs> i think and i think it probably does just as you get older but we've only been doing this for a few years now yeah it's just like a person who starts out deer hunting you know a lot of people get buck fever when they start and then you kind of get over that over time yeah so i, I hope, guess i hope we i hope honestly i hope it never changes because uh-huh. i love the the excitement of that opening day but i think i think you're right to an extent but you're right right about like if you just have that drive for hunting like yeah. I don't think it goes away. I mean, you're talking about the the buck fever analogy. It's like 
people have been doing it forever. They shoot a big buck, and I mean, they're shaking and exciting. Oh, yeah. And it's like that's I mean, that's similar to like the duck hunting and, and that. And just not not everybody's built for it, or maybe that's not the right wording, but. Not everybody's got it is the right way to say it. So it's yeah. like that predator prey instinct. It's it's like that uh, dog where you're bouncing that tennis ball and there's nothing that's going to stop them from going to get that tennis ball. That's that predator prey drive. And uh, you know I think that people who are hardcore hunters they have that. It's just built into them, and there's really not an off switch for it. <laughs> no, I don't. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So what do you what do you guys end up on that hunt? Was how many um, you guys got? Yeah, we ended up with twenty one. So Dude, that's that's between, insane for two people. Yeah, it's it is. I mean, I guess the crazy thing is like just that the limit's fifteen. Yeah, you know, uh, you would never expect to be able to shoot fifteen birds, but you can do it a couple places in the country. So I don't know. I mean, it's obviously a, a, a nuisance season. <laughs> you know, they're trying to trying to knock those birds back a little bit. So that's the the idea with the big limits so that i mean that's that's just a lot of meat too you got any like special plans for like how you're gonna do like you're gonna make sausage or yeah i think i'm gonna do some uh some sausage maybe some burger um did some stuff with Corey this summer so i learned a few new tricks i actually did like a little processing video with him um with some of the birds so i'll probably either i'm either gonna put, put that together with a video or just it'll be a standalone but it'll be out on the channel here before too long nice on your it's gonna go on your channel or his channel mine okay that's cool so that's cool and yeah that's the the plan right now yeah yeah it was always fun as hunters you know every time we shoot like a big limit like that or something like that Mm -hmm. there's always someone in the comments like what are you gonna do with that i was like yeah we're gonna gonna eat it we're gonna eat it that's what we do as hunters so um i'm actually more and more enjoying like the process of figuring it out yep like what to do like how to cook it in a way that's good and um because I feel it's like you said, we, you and me in particular, we haven't done it for like what this is like our sixth season. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we're both on our sixth sixth season of waterfowl. So there's plenty of guys have been doing it longer than us. But I think you know the, a lot of things that people kind of fall into when you first start. You learn like a couple ways to make it like good. You know. Yep. And so it's like you poppers. know for duck, yeah, duck hunting is <laughs> duck poppers. You just make duck pop, duck poppers for like three seasons until you're sick of them, right? Yep. And then you learn how to like make it into a steak and you're like what have i been doing like <laughs> and then you you know you pan sear it and i mean if you cook duck like a steak it's really good yeah so i mean but there's there's lots of different ways you can do it yeah and for geese um i'm still like honestly i, I take almost 90 percent of mine um and i make it into breakfast sausage mm-hmm. and it's good i mean i do that but i'm like i want to learn to do some other ways because one thing that's a little eye-opening to me um Man, why am I talking about Matt so much this episode? But <laughs> Matt, when he made the, <laughs> what do you call it, flying ribeye? Oh, yeah, ribeye of the sky. Yeah. Yeah, that he was made, good. smoked it, super tender, had some kind of weird sauce, and we made it with, like, sandwiches. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, this is better than anything I cook with goose. Yeah, absolutely. That was that was eye-opening for sure. So I'm like, why, like, why am I not doing something like this? I, I still, I'm, I'm going to have to go back. He has got a video on it on an unlisted channel we won't mention. But um, <laughs> but it was really good. It's, okay, his channel is Hyper Sportsman. Everybody knows it. But, um, but yeah, it was really good. So I want to try that again or, or learn new things to do with my goose meat opposed to just be like, all right, uh, let's date this and, and yeah. process it and turn it into to goose sausage. And, I mean, because, I mean... I make breakfast a lot when we hunt, and that's what I use. But I would just like to branch out and find different ways to eat it. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and one thing I picked up from Corey is that 
it just depends a lot on what they eat, you know, what time of year, like those early season geese, they've been living on the water for a long time. So they're going to taste a little bit different than, uh, your you know, corn goose. Fed. yeah, your <laughs> corn fed goose is actually interesting. I saw, on, um, kind of, a you know, a study a couple of years ago of some people who did blind tests on, uh, on different waterfowl meat and Canada goose ranked number one overall in just medium rare cooking the breast medium rare and huh. serving it. So it really? was not actually a study. It was just like a, a blind uh, test. Yeah. Blind test. But I saw it on Facebook, but huh? I would have guessed, I wouldn't have guessed mallard or I, I would have guessed like, I, I wouldn't have guessed mallard either. I wouldn't have guessed goose. Is yeah. What I'm trying to say, I think, I think it just shows the difference. Like a corn fed goose. Why would that not be just as good as a duck that you're killing off the water that time of year? I feel like the difference for me when I open them up, is there is a wide variety of goose breast tenderness. Yeah. So I you agree. get some that's tougher, you get some and it's probably with age, right? And yep. you, you have no way to tell. Um at least I don't have any way to tell if I shoot a goose cuz I'll get some uh, and and the big way that this shows up for me is if I uh, one of the things I do is I slow cook goose mm-hmm. and so then you shred it up. And the tough ones is like dude, they could take like 8 hours and then you get some like tender ones that could take like 4 hours. So you start shredding it up, and what you end up is some of it's just tough, tougher than others. So yeah, yeah, I think that just having the ability to do some different things with them, you know, save some for the sausage that are tougher, and then turn those more tender ones into some different stuff. Because that's true. If you could figure it out before you cook them, but for me, it's like I go to cook them, and I don't realize it until right. I go to try to cut them up, and I'm like, I got one that just falls apart, and one that's uh, pretty tough. Yeah, so. I just assume that, it, I mean, it has to do with age, right? I mean, that's what, what the thought is behind all other meat, yeah. so. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that was talking about, like, someone shoots, like, a small button buck, and they're like, well, it's going to taste good. Yep. <laughs> that's yeah. their justification, you know, instead of trying to, like, grow size or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I'm not knocking anybody who's a meat hunter, yeah. you know, because that's what we are as duck hunters. You know? Absolutely. We're not really trophy hunting as much. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd like Get to shoot the young birds, dull, <laughs> yeah. I guess there's going to be a lot less tender birds on this fall flight. That's true. Yeah, so that was another thing we noticed down in North Dakota. It was dry. I yeah. mean, I had a couple of people send me a message and ask, you know, is it really as dry as they're saying it is, or is it kind of like Arkansas where it's like, hey, no no water here, no birds, and that's <laughs> that's the motto down there. So, you know, I'm sure they might be getting kind of sick and tired of out of stairs. A couple of farmers I talked to actually were like, we're talking about how, how tough it was last year just for the local guys. Mm. So, huh. but... Yeah, and by tough they mean yeah. I'm wait, I'm gonna. Sound I guess like, yeah. I'm gonna sound like Elliot in Louisiana <laughs> here, but it, like they're tough is like probably shooting like it's like you said like it took them till noon to shoot their limit mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of getting out there by nine o'clock, packing yeah. up and getting back home. Yeah, I think it's just pressure for them. I mean, I I thought that it would be you know every field we every day we'd find a feed kind of that's what you would think, but even this past week it was we hunt. First, it took basically two days to find two feeds, and then both of them got hunted. And then after that, it kind of turned into a rat race. Couldn't find – well, we found two or three – basically three good feeds the the uh, second – or the first night and just couldn't get permission on any of them. So ended up trying to hunt a loaf, and unfortunately, the birds were already there when we got there. So <laughs> that didn't really work out. And then uh, day three, we found another wheat field. So so who's – I want I just want to know, who's to blame for you guys getting there late? 
Um, I think it was just a combined thing. Like, you, neither think, one of you was just like itching to get out there. Or yeah, what? I mean, I think honestly, I think the birds probably got hunted in a field because yeah. I had watched them a couple mornings and they were coming back around ten thirty, and we got mm. there at nine thirty, and they were already there. So yeah, we watched sucks. one flock of seven pitch in, and that was about it. <laughs> yeah, that can happen. That's uh, you. You find them, you scout them, but as soon as the guns start shooting, a lot of a lot of stuff yeah. changes pretty quick. So. Yeah, and yeah, just couldn't get permission. I mean, there was already two two of the fields were already being hunted the next morning by guys with big groups, and then the third one we couldn't get in contact with them. So, mm. yeah, I don't think it's quite as maybe quite as easy as I would have <laughs> expected. Yeah, small sample size. I guess that's true. I mean, there's plenty plenty of ducks in the fields already, so that was cool to see, but. The same sort of deal, I'm sure. Like, you know, the ducks will let you ride up 20 yards from them right now, and the geese fly off at 150. <laughs> so I think as season gets near, they're gonna get a little more wear. It doesn't take very long. Yep, that's for sure. So you you want to talk about your last hunt at all? It's not it's not out on YouTube yet. No. Well, that was uh, yeah. So day three, well, day four technically, it'll be the day three video. I uh, kayaked out to a little loaf hunt and didn't. Didn't have the best luck, got a couple birds, but it was kind of the same story. Birds just were a little bit wary, and I think some had flown early. I'm not sure what was the deal, but not as many came back as I was expect- as expecting. Mm. Did you uh, you have any like anything you kind of learned from it? Like uh, you think you had like a bad hide or anything like that? Or? I think I was calling too much, honestly. Um, you know, just the couple of flocks that I saw later on that didn't want to work, I was uh, calling just because. I don't know. They looked like they might land short, so I was trying to get them in. And as soon as I started calling, you know, more than a couple of notes, they they peeled out. So mm. I think it was one of those deals. I didn't get out and listen to you know how loud the birds were on any of those loaves because I was just kind of riding through like, oh, there's birds, there's birds, there's yep. birds. You know, we were hoping to hunt fields, so I think I should have just shut up and watched. Gotcha. So that pretty much wrapped up your your North Dakota trip, and yeah, yeah, headed back to Minnesota, and I uh, I tried to pick some wild rice, but <laughs> unfortunately, I had an allergic reaction to it when I went to go uh, went to go do it. So that was a no go for me. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of hard. You sent you sent a Marco in the the flyways group, and that's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I was yeah, that's that's pretty rough getting getting yeah. all. Your eyes full and shut, and yeah, I broke out in hives. So I don't know. I guess I'm allergic to wild rice. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting if you could eat it or not, and have a. You'd think mm. you'd probably have an allergic reaction to that, like anaphylactic or something. Maybe so. I don't know. I've handled handled you know some seed before, just like when we were eating it, and I never. Yeah, that's I true. think it was, it was the probably pol- the I think pollen. it was the pollen. Yep, that'd make more sense. Yeah, so. But yeah, that was my big plan was to come home with like uh, 50, a hundred pounds of wild rice and be able to plant a bunch of that and, and some spots back home. And, and you're just going to have to buy it like everybody else. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, that's pretty cool. So what do you say? Penciling in, we'll, we'll go back there next year in the duck bus. Yeah. That awesome. sounds good to me. All righty, man. Well, I think that's a pretty good place to, to wrap up the podcast. You got any, Anything else to to kind of add to the end of this? Or no, I guess I'm just looking forward to season. I mean, it's just around the corner now, so it was nice to kind of get a taste before the <laughs> the heck the main start is for us. Yeah, yeah. I'm still in my preseason, and you're already in hunt mode, so <laughs> yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. Dove season will be here soon, and not well. I mean, dovetail and, and goose all start 
about the same time. So definitely ready to get after it. But thanks for jumping on here with me, Thomas. Everybody go check out Thomas Hoke. Thomas Hoke. Wait, no. Well, Hoke, Hoke Outdoors. Yeah. <laughs> I almost butchered it. Hoke Outdoors, YouTube, on Instagram, and Facebook. Um, but yeah, that's all we got for tonight. I'm Jordan Deccan Chronicles, Thomas from Hoke Outdoors, and we'll see you guys on the next one.